last month you said you were going to do XYZ. Maybe it was call your top 10 targets. Maybe it was get a web designer. But when I send that out, I call that the oh crap email because people get it and they're like, oh crap. I said I was going to do this between that last month and this month and I haven't done it. Now I have two days to do those things so I don't have to get on the call and say, I didn't do it. But it gives you a reason to step off the hamster wheel for a minute and say, okay, I'm doing all these things, but should I be doing them? Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. Welcome back, friends, to the Performance Mindset Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. I've been helping business owners and investors for over a decade now, and now I like to connect to some of the most impactful and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as some commercial and business real estate trends. If you want to grow, you are tuning into the right show. Today, I'm excited to have on Melody Montgomery. She's a business owner, consultant, sales coach, and so much more. She's best known for her positive can-do attitude and being dedicated to bringing out the best in those around her to become top performers. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Amy. I'm happy to be here. You know, with our positivity, because I've heard you're probably just as positive, if not more positive, we might rip a hole in the space-time continuum today. <laughs> you can't bring too much joy to the world, so I, I, I'm willing to take that risk. We are we are go embarking on it together. Well, me, I'm wearing a Nash's shirt, so we are ready for exploration today. <laughs> I like it. So start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you first got started. All right. Perfect. Thank you. So I did my undergraduate at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I looked at different careers. I thought about being a math teacher for a while, but then I was like, I'm too money driven. So I went into sales and have never looked back. And I have really enjoyed my sales career across a variety of different industries from pharmaceuticals, medical imaging, software, and now in commercial real estate. And so, and I've, I've done a lot of sales training and now I'm working as a sales coach because it doesn't matter. And this is what I would say when I was teaching as an adjunct in the Rollins MBA program or at, at University of Phoenix or at Valencia, when I'm teaching my marketing class, it doesn't matter if it's B2C or B2B because it's always P2P. Things get done um, from people to people. Oh, I love that. And sales is just a structured conversation. And when you understand the mechanics of what a sales call should be and how you move it forward, that's transferable across any industry. So it's been interesting to take that and implement it across multiple different lenses. 
That's so interesting. One thing I wanted to kind of circle back around to is that you were originally more interested in mathematics, but you seem to be a very outgoing, charismatic person. Is that something that's developed with the roles that you were in or were you always that way? Oh, make no mistake. I would much rather be home reading a book by myself all day long. So I understand that when you're in sales, you have to, you know, interact with the person across from you. You have to, and I have found many times people who are very extroverted say, oh, I'm going to go into sales because I'm super people person and I love talking to people. But really one of the key things about being in sales and why I have found introverts make wonderful salespeople is they're great listeners. It's much more important in sales to listen than it is to talk. And that's one of the things I stress in kind of when I'm sales coaching is, In a a successful sales call, the salesperson should only be talking about 30% of the time. But you've got to bring energy and you've got to be active and you've got to lean into the conversation. So that energy I bring to the conversations. And then the end of the day, I go home and I say, please don't even make eye contact with me. Like I need, (laughs) I need to recharge. I need to, you know, recover from that energy that that takes to, to drive those interactions. That's interesting. So when they have the Myers-Briggs test, you either an I or an E. Mm -hmm. I've always been an X. So I can be situationally extroverted. I tend to talk a lot, not so much because I'm extroverted, but I get like anxious. I just have like diarrhea of the mouth. And actually one of the reasons beyond just like wanting to do like a podcast and help people right. but to become a better listener. Because I know you're a Rollins grad. I did a whole listening mastermind with Rick Bommelje, who teaches a listening course. And so there are skills and processes that go into listening, but it's not uncommon for salespeople, especially if they're nervous or they're, they'll go in and they have so much information in their head. They're like, oh, I must tell you, there's a hundred reasons to buy and we only have an hour. I have to tell you all of them. But that's not the way people buy. People buy for three reasons and the other 97 turn them off. So it's it's very, but it it takes it takes a lot of breathing before you start going into the call to, to learn to do that. Exactly. Yeah. I um did my first three episodes of the podcast and I actually shelved it because I was like, nobody wants to hear me. Like this is like, I don't want to do this. But then sometimes like the more you're challenged, the more you grow. Yes. And then I ran across the right friend. He's like, weren't you telling me you're going to start a podcast? And I'm like, I was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean by was? And I was like, oh, I decided I'm not going to do it. And he's like, no, you got to do it. So then we will be coming up on a year now. So That's awesome. So yeah. Amy, I would say that is one of the keys to success is I want to do something. I have this idea, but I can't possibly do it until it's perfect. And I can't possibly, which means never. So you want to do something, do it badly before you can do it well. And so the the key thing for success is execution, moving beyond the, I'm thinking about it to actually making it something in the world. So kudos to you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. And every, every time, and like at first I was so nervous that I couldn't possibly like right now where we're recording, it goes on YouTube. When I first started, I was like, I'm going to be on YouTube. This is like too much, but <laughs> It's amazing. You become more comfortable and then people are people. And I've had just some of the most 
amazing conversations. And I've learned so much from those I speak with. And then I've heard great feedback from others who have heard the, heard the show. So I just thought that was interesting to kind of talk about your background and your metamorphosis, but you probably wouldn't have gotten to where you are now if you wouldn't have kept pushing yourself with every position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. you the, Everybody you interact with, there's an opportunity to learn something if you're open to it. And that's one of the things I find with the people that we coach is You've got to be willing to be humble enough to say, maybe everything I do isn't as good as it could be. There are some things that I can learn from somebody else to improve. And if you have that growth mindset, it opens all kinds of doors. Yes, yes. And that's what this show is all about, having a growth rather than a fixed mindset. Like many of the top leaders and entrepreneurs all have like more of a performance mindset. And I feel like it's something that you can continually grow and work on. It's like a muscle. So how did you eventually get into the sales coaching? And then that way you can kind of continue on, but now you're COO of one more deal. So talk Mm -hmm. about your evolution, how you got into that, and then talk more about the organization that you're, you're with right now. So I was working as a professional sales coach under a system called uh, Sandler Sales Training. It's a specific methodology. There's a number of different methodologies you can follow, whether it's PSS or DISC or SPIN or, you know, there's, there's lots of different sales techniques. The key thing is to have a system. So you're following a specific process and not just I go there and I just vomit information on people and I expect magical things to happen. So I was doing that for a while and that kind of transitioned into taking that sales training that I was doing and applying it to one specific industry. And that was a transition into working with one more deal is doing sales coaching specifically for commercial real estate. It's a little bit of a different animal than some of the other sales in that, you know, everybody's a, you know, kind of an independent contractor and they're... The, the the stakes are fairly high and that the deals are pretty significant. You're not doing a hundred transactions, you know, a year, may, you know, depending on the type of food group that you're servicing, whether it's, you know, multifamily or, or you, know, uh, te- you know, tenant repping, uh, you may do 10 transactions or 12 transactions. So that sales process is so critical when the sales cycle is long and the stakes are high that you're following a specific methodology for your sales and and strategy approach. I would agree with that. And um, what I've seen being a broker owner and having agents on my team is it's it's not an immediate thing. It's a long game. And I think sometimes people will have like one deal and they assume that one deal is going to close. But I have certain ratios that I think of. Do you have any specific rule of thumb that you've seen as far as how many leads to get a sale or do you think it depends on the asset class? And I think it, it really depends on the asset class, several things, the asset class and the geography. So if you're, for example, in multifamily, you know, you may not have as much churn in San Diego as you would in a college town or, you know, like Gainesville. Okay. Or, so it really is very kind of dependent on what type of thing you're doing. And it's a primary market or a tertiary market. So there's there's a lot of variables to that. Yeah. That how saturated is your market? Is it is there a lot of people in there? Is it, there's a lot of factors that go into and I think that what's it what makes it challenging for commercial real estate is that there's not one right way to do it. There's not one 
uh, oh, you know, this is the template that I just follow all these steps and magic will, will happen. I mean, there's a process, but it's, you have to take into account a lot of the different variables that go into it. And you have, you have to just do it. I think like one of the best sayings I've heard is you can't email your way to success. Right. And just getting on the phone, going out and door knocking, or depending on what kind of field you're in, you can't just rely on staying behind your desk and emailing and just imagining that this, this stuff is going to just come your way. Right. I just, and then doing all these, I mean, I do a lot of social media, but that's, that's definitely not like all that I do. It's right. to like augment the other activities. Yeah. Well, I mean, there again, back to the sales fundamentals, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And it is challenging to develop an authentic, deep relationship on email. There's yeah. something to be said for having a live conversation with people, you know, on the phone, on Zoom, in person. That's especially when you're dealing with such high ticket items, people want to know that you're credible, that you're trustworthy, that you're looking out for them. So those are things that don't happen in a a two conversation interaction. Yeah. (laughs) It sometimes takes a long time to, to build, to build that trust and have something come to, to fruition. And so definitely have you noticed anything else that's different about commercial real estate? That's maybe perhaps different than another industry. Well, I don't see a lot of resources for training and setting people up for success. I, I definitely see a lot, a lot of people come into commercial real estate and, you know, where wherever they land, they're like, here's here's a list, start calling, making things happen. And they're like, well, what do I say when I call? Like, how, what, where, what, where do I start? Uh-huh. So that's one of the things we've done in the One More Deal platform is help people kind of lay the foundation for, you know, pick a food group, understand, do you have enough in your territory? What's your business plan? What's your, you know, who's your avatar? Who are you targeting? How are you going to approach them? What's important to them? There's a lot of foundational work that you want to do before you pick up the phone for the first time. Because if you get in touch with somebody and you don't sound like you know what you're doing, getting them back on the phone again later is going to be much harder. Yeah. So you want to lay the foundation before you kind of launch out into the world. And that takes time. And it takes a lot of intentionality and a a lot of people in commercial real estate don't necessarily have the framework or the guidance to know, am I following best practices? Let me look around my office to see who's doing something unbelievably well. And if I don't have someone who's mentoring me or giving me guidance, it's easy to kind of just start doing stuff and feeling like, well, I'm busy. And when the market's good, you may happen across a couple of deals and make decent money and think, well, I'll just do this kind of frantic activity. And if I want to grow more, I'll just do more activity as opposed to stepping back and saying, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the the reason behind it? And is that the best thing I should be doing? Or should I, should I pivot or how, what's, what's my infrastructure? What's my process? Uh, So there's a lot of slow down to be intentional about your activities to make sure that you're doing, not just doing things right, but you're doing the right things. It sounds to me that you basically, you know, because you're an independent contractor, you got to really have a business plan because you're basically a business within a business. Perhaps too, if something's not like the best fit, you have to be able to say no, so you don't get into the frantic activity. Right. Yes. 
So in terms of, you know, being a, an opportunist or a generalist, you know, we recommend pick a food group because if you want to be an expert, if you want to be bringing value, you need to have a depth of knowledge that you can't possibly have across every different food group there right. is. You can't be an expert in industrial and land and multifamily and retail. You just can't. You can't know everything there is to right. know. So you've got to decide this is going to what I want to do. And so we right. talk about the methodology for saying, if that's your food group, do you have enough in your territory to make the money you want to make? There's a process for that, but you have to understand what that is and how to execute it. So that's one of the things we really stress in, in our program is intentionality with a strategy behind it. Well, and what I found in my practice is underwriting a multifamily deal is entirely different than how retail, industrial, and office behaves from a vacancy perspective. Right. And the It's just entirely different. Exactly. Exactly. Even though somehow I show up organically at the top Orlando multifamily broker, so, right. which is great. But I'm generally, you know, talking to those people and referring them to my my multifamily friends. I'm office and industrial. And then I do a little bit of retail, more like mixed use, or I select certain clients. But I mean, those all behave kind of the same way-ish. And I've been doing it long enough. Um, But it would be like, if you don't have a plan, you're almost like one of those menus. You're one of those businesses that has like a cheesecake factory which I think Cheesecake Factory can do, but can anybody else do that? Right, but they've got to manage their inventory and spoilage and things like that. So if you're, I'll just chase everything that lands in front of me, you know, that is that you can make a decent living, but the challenge is how do you replicate that? You know, like, how do you say in three years, I'll just keep hoping that my phone rings or that I'm able to get in front of the right people without... If you want something that's scalable and repeatable, you have to have a plan. And that's what we really stress is you have to have a plan if you want this, if you want this to be a long game where you're, you know, multiply increasing your your income over time, you have to have an intentional plan and structure for doing that. And it's helpful to have people who will say, hold on you know, what, what are you doing and why are you doing that? Because you just, it's easy to get on the hamster wheel of I'm just busy and things are happening. And once I get stuff in my pipeline, all I am doing is focused on, you know, keeping that happening without saying, well, once all those deals closes, then what, where, 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 what's my plan for? Because in commercial real estate, after the deal closes, you're starting all over again. Mm -hmm. You've got to get another deal in the pipeline and, you know, how, what's your plan keep the top of the pipeline full so you have enough that comes through at the end. Yeah. And I think also learning to evaluate, you know, which particular types of transactions or are best for you, like long-term. I first started doing office deals for professionals, like lots of them. And, but a lot of times they don't really grow. They might grow their footprint, but there's not as much like input and interaction I get to have with those clients versus if I get to help a manufacturing client, man, they, they can keep blowing that facility up. And, right. you know, and I feel like I can bring a lot more value to that particular type of client and then right. help bring a lot of resources to them. Not to say I won't do like both, but then you have to be mindful of what are you planting the seeds for, for tomorrow? Exactly right. Exactly right. Interesting. Interesting. So 
Tell me a little bit about, so you've been doing one more deal now, it'll be three years this year. Um, is it anything different than what you first thought it would be or? So I work with Blaine Strickland, who's been a 40 year commercial real estate veteran. I think you've worked with Blaine in the past. He's unbelievably knowledgeable, but you know, Blaine is one person, so he doesn't scale. So he has a lot of people that come and say, you know, I really would like you to coach me. And, and for a lot of the things, he's saying the same things over and over again. You know, yes. here's how to structure your organization. Yes. Here's how to add somebody to the team. Here's how to develop a business plan. So what I came on board to help him with is take that information out of his head and make a course. So he's not saying the same things over and over yep. again. He can say, hey, the ideas of what you need to do are in this course, watch it. And then come back to me and we'll do a deeper dive in how to apply it. So that's been great in terms of putting the content together. What has surprised me a little bit is people will sign up because we have a membership where you can have access to all the content on the One More Deal library. They'll sign up and then they'll call me and say, this is really great, but this is the reality of my life. I'll watch this course and I'll think, oh my gosh, that's totally right. I need to do it. And a week later, I'm on to six other things and it's gone by the wayside. So I need help with accountability. I need help in making sure I stay focused enough and not distracted by the six other shiny objects that are about to hit my radar screen to get it done. And so we've started launching masterminds, which are groups of people who are working on similar things and putting them together and having the, these are the things you should be doing. And so it gives you three things. One is the content, you know, but two is the community. And that's one thing I have definitely seen with commercial real estate. It is a lonely business. Oftentimes, if you're in an office, you might be the only one in your office that's focused on X and everyone else is focused on Y. And because you're an independent contractor, you're kind of on your own team. Sometimes you can go home and kind of download. This is what I worked on today. Sometimes your spouse, you know, if you go home, it's like, I'm kind of sick of hearing about work. Like you need a community of people who are wrestling with some of the same things. And then so it gives you the content, the community of people who are also leaning into improving their game, but it gives you accountability. You know, at the end of every mastermind call, I'll go around and say, well, between now and next month, what are you going to implement? Right. You know, I send out a recap email and then a couple of days before the next one, which is in a month, I send out a, hey, remember last month you said you were going to do X, Y, Z. Maybe it was call your top 10 targets. Maybe it was get a, a, a web designer. But when I send that out, I call that the oh crap email because people get it and they're like, oh crap, I said I was going to do this between that last month and this month and I haven't done it. So now I have two days to do those things so I don't have to get on the call and say, I didn't do it. Right. But it gives you a reason to step off the hamster wheel for a minute and say, okay, I'm doing all these things, but should I be doing them? Like I want to work on the business, not just in the business. And sometimes it's hard to make that mental space for yourself when you're alone. Yeah. Now, I I find it's important. And I think sometimes, at least in my market, if you do something very similar to what somebody else is going to do, there's not this atmosphere of cooperation. Right. For me, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to help. I have an, I have an attitude of, of abundance, not abundance mindset means you can share, but not everybody has that. And so uh, that's my dog, Duke. 
So he's making an appearance. So it is important to have community in that that has been instrumental in my success and surrounding yeah. with like-minded people who want to make, make a difference. And so that's great that you were, it, it sounds like you guys realized you had all this content, but it's probably like downloading an exercise app on your phone. Oh, yes. Yeah. Without- good intentions when I download it, but execution is, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. So, yeah. and, and it's what's wonderful in these mastermind groups is you'll invariably hear somebody say, I really want to have more interaction with my top targets. So I'm thinking about doing more in-person events. And someone else will say, oh, I just did this great mm-hmm. wine cruise, uh, hunting trip, you know, whatever. Call me afterwards and I'll and I'll tell you what I did. So it's not just here's what's in our head. It is here's a community of people who by their own self-selection are saying, I'm open and I'm willing to share ideas. So, you know, you have someone in Texas and someone in California and someone in New York. They're not competing. Right. So and they're all right. saying, I want to be better in this. What are you doing? What are you doing? So this person's great, you know, has a great web person and they contact like, oh, I want to redo my website. Oh, my guy's great. Call him. So there's a lot of people helping each other in that community, which is amazing to see. Yeah, it is. It is. It's wonderful. Well, awesome. I, I can't wait to to see your company continue to grow and, and evolve and expand. And it's it's great work. So what's your typical day look like? How do you manage facilitating all of these masterminds, continuing to grow the business, collecting more content. What does your typical day look like in balancing it with family and other things? I would love to tell you that, you know, this is what my typical day looks like, but it really, what's interesting to me is every day is totally different. So I may be working on developing a landing page, or I may be working on editing a course that we're getting ready to release and making sure that there's good learning objectives, that it's clear. All of our courses are under an hour and they're all cut up into bite-sized 10-minute increments because we know everybody who's taking our course is already working. So you've got to make it snackable educational content. Or I may be sending a follow-up email to the course I'm getting ready to facilitate. This Wednesday, we've got our mastermind that's focused on multifamily. And so one of the things I'm doing is looking at, this is the accountability we set for last time. Here's the content you know, these are the questions. So I'm, I'm thinking through that. So every day is a little different. Yeah. But, but when you're surrounded by people who, again, have self-selected and said, I want to be better. I'm a lifelong learner. I've got a growth mindset. Sometimes they'll will be on the group call and somebody will say, oh, I really, you know, I, it was helpful for me to read this time management book. And I'm like, all right, I haven't read that book. So now it's on my list. Now I've got to read it. So we push each other. I learn as much from the groups as they do from each other. So every day is totally different. Wow. By the time our episode launches, not to give you homework, but I have Lee Cockerell. Who oh, I love Lee at Disney. Yes. I, yes. He's come and spoken to our MBA class. He's oh, amazing. Oh, he was on my podcast. But he will launch. So I read his book, Time Management. Matt, I just love his atmosphere mm-hmm. of of empathy and, you know, there's a bottom line, but there's a humane, great way to do that. And I was so honored that he did that, but so good, good. So yeah, I, I did his book time management magic and now my friends make fun of me, but I have my, my planner, my planner. 
with my checkbook in it, which my friends make fun of me for, but that's okay. <laughs> so you, you got to have a work. system that works for you. And by writing it out, it keeps me, keeps me disciplined. Well, that's awesome. You've ha- when did you have him speak or? or he, so I did my MBA at Rollins. I graduated in 2011. So everything pre-COVID is a little fuzzy in terms of the <laughs> dates, but, yeah. but I remember him coming to speak to our class and talked about some of the, I think it was in a leadership course. He really talked about culture because yes. Disney's super, I think they're phenomenal when it comes to building culture. And yes. if you understand building culture in an organization means you don't have to have so many rules. If you, if you have what the people understand what the priorities are, that's a great decision-making tool. So I I enjoyed hearing him come in. I haven't read his time management magic book. So now that's on my Goodreads queue. So thank you for. You use Goodreads too? Oh yes. Yes. For anyone listening to the podcast, one of my big things that I say is if you don't measure it, then you can't can't track it. And right. so setting like I set a goal to read a certain number of books within Goodreads each year. Yep. And you know, just just tracking and using like apps like that to keep things all organized. So same. Yep. But yeah, Goodreads. If and then I think there's a couple other apps, but I've been on Goodreads since I went to Rollins. So I think my pictures from when I went to Rollins. Excellent. Wow, that perfect timing. I was gonna say, are there any books or events that inspired you? Uh, I'm a big reader. So I recommend people who come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about going into sales. I did what, when I was a Sandler sales training their their kind of foundational book is called, you can't teach a kid to ride a bicycle at a seminar. I did not make up that title. So, so that is a book I think for anyone that's been in sales. I mean, the basics, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Hmm. I mean, I'm an old school Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, you know, kind of the foundation. I'm writing it down now, but you can't. You teach- can't teach a kid to ride a bicycle at a seminar. What? I, I know. The seventh. Okay. All right. Well, it is now on my Goodreads and now everybody can see how that works. What? Okay. But I have to put in a plug. I, you know, I want to make sure I honor Blaine that, you know, his oh. two books, Adapt yeah. and Thrive. If you're in commercial real estate, those books are foundational for especially Thrive. If you're getting started, how to get started smart, work smart, not mm-hmm. just hard. Thrive is where I would recommend anyone in commercial real estate should start. I have my top 125. Which yes. Talked about in Thrive. Actually, I need to give it a once over. So when people ever want to, established a referral relationship with me, I tell them like, I support those who support me. And I'm keeping track of like the, not even just the money side of it, but the emotional side of it. And like, you know, relationships are are valued. So actually I need to give that a a once over going into 2023. And then I try to at different inflection points. Like one thing is I reorganize my company uh-huh. A little bit. And I have a lot more W-2s now uh-huh. to help with opening doors and different things. And yep. um, that's been working out wonderfully. But I need to write a letter, you know, to my top 125 saying, hey. Like, yep. Because yeah, I, we, I, yeah. We talk about the top 125 all the time and how it, if you do it intentionally, it's something you all have to revisit. People will drop off. People will get added. So it's not like you you build it and then it's you're done. No. Um, kind of re- refine it's, it's like that old buddhist saying you never step into the same stream twice because every time it, the stream is always moving when you're stepping into it so your top 125 is always in motion yeah 
It's incredible though. One of my top 125, like we've been staying in contact now since I don't know when Thrive came out, but I mean, it's, it's been a while. Mm. And just the other day I was going for something I've never gone before to Mm. do. And I'm doing kind of like a request for proposal, but it's not yet at that state. I called one of my friends on my 125 and he just, just walked me right through. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I said, I'm by the way, I'm scared. And he's like, Oh, it's just, just do it. Just do it. So there's a institution that might be selling their building, but yeah. But I think like having that top 125 and those people, but some might come, some might go. Absolutely. And like, you just have to notice too, like if, if it's just not working anymore, or maybe you've dived deep enough with someone, you realize maybe they're not congruent with you. Right. Like any longer. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to engage. Maybe they're, maybe their situation has changed. So there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, this person isn't, isn't in my target sweet spot anymore and that's fine. So I'm going to move them out so I can make room for, for somebody who is. Yeah. Well, awesome. I hope we can put some in the show notes, some of these books and and such that you talked about. Okay. So any kind of advice that you'd have for when someone's starting a career, let's talk about like commercial real estate. So what, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone who's looking to do that? So I would say before you start picking up the phone and saying, well, I've been told, you know, here's, here's a list, just start calling everyone step back and say, well, hold on. What is my plan? What's my objective? What kind of income do I want to make? One of the things we found with our multifamily mastermind when we first launched that, the first session was making sure you had been intentional about picking your territory. And when we went through the exercise of, you know, what what income do you want to make? And do you have enough inventory in your market to, to support that? You know, these were people already in motion that were working their territory, making calls, and had never been through that exercise. After going through that exercise, most of them came back and said, I don't have enough. There's not enough to to make the money I want to make. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't really been intentional about saying, you know, this is what I want to serve. I mean, we've coached people that only do refrigerated self-storage. That is a super, super narrow niche. And if you want to be that narrow, it means you might have six states in your target. Wow. So it just depends what the lever is. You know, do I need do I need geography? Do I need yep. to expand my target? But the key thing is to be intentional about it, to right. know what you're targeting. So every conversation is valuable to gather information that's useful to that target. Yep. So that you can build on each conversation. That does make a lot of sense because you don't want to be like a year down the road and be like, I think the stat from the National Association of Realtors is I think, oh, 87% of people leave real estate within 18 months. Now, I don't have any specific stats on commercial real estate, mm-hmm. but I found it to be you know similar that unless you're part of like a team or if you're building your own business from scratch, and especially if you don't have a plan, you're not going to make you it. You can also go on these wild goose chases. Like right. the other <laughs> the other day, I mean, I sometimes it's like a almost like a scripted call. Like, oh, I have this investor. He has five million dollars. He's looking for this. He, da, 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 da. I'm like, 
I've had like five more of those like calls. Like, and you know, you have to have like a policy. Like I have a policy of typically I'm not going to help someone with investments. Right. Unless they've already been a client of mine and I really know them and I know their their attitudes to things, especially like on the buy side. Now, would I help them on the sell side? Yes. But I think you have to limit the number of buyers. Otherwise you could get really diluted and extended. Well, it's, it's important to know who's a tire kicker, who's a wild goose chase. You know, you've got a finite number of hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So how do you want to spend them on things that will be the best chance of giving you the return you want? Yeah. Well, awesome. This has been really, really good for anyone, not even in just commercial real estate, but otherwise to really grow. How can people find you? They can email me at Melody, M-E-L-O-D-Y, at H as in Harry, B as in boy, S as in Sam, and then a little hyphen, resources, R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S dot com. Or you can call me or text me at 321-505-1948. Yes. And you're on LinkedIn as well. And I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. 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 So I love your LinkedIn profile. It's really good. So Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to to share? I love that you made space for me to be on the podcast. So thank you for that. I uh, yes. I've been following you on social media, so I um I feel like we already know each other. So it's nice that we finally got a chance to connect. I'm looking forward to your sport performance system that you kind of teased a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. And I did see that you said you were writing a book. So here's my accountability check-in. Like, I see you. I see you. I'll be looking for that. So keep me posted. Well, two things. One is the universe tends to put exactly what you need in the right spot. So I've been kind of talking to a couple different people. I kind of want to write the book like on my own and then have a little bit of like accountability. So I think the perfect solution has come its way to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, so hopefully that will, that just fell on my lap this morning and I'm like, oh, yay. Someone to like kind of edit it and guide me. Oh, that's great. How to like market it. I was like, that's perfect. Because I don't want to just stroke a check for tens of thousands of dollars and just have them do like the whole thing. Because I went to Rollins. I'm an English degree with a writing minor. And I love the putting the the things together. A lot of our copy on our website was drafted by me. It's something I enjoy doing. Yes. Could I delegate it? Yes, but I actually like doing it. Right. So the number two, yeah, just a plug for for you guys. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be as I was transitioning from a solo to then adding an agent and admins and all those other things that's been back before you had it as a standardized platform and then mm-hmm. like putting it into into their planes expertise and everything has been instrumental in my growth. And especially around the time I was working with him, 2007, eight. I mean, I've worked with them as recently as just right before probably one more deal Mm -hmm. is like, I continue to like double and grow. And now growth obviously is slowed. You you can't just keep doubling year over year. Yes. That's hard to scale. And yeah, yeah, at a certain point you do kind of reach a, you know, a stasis point. So, Well, well, awesome. Well, this has been great. And now I'm working from home today. So now the the landscapers have decided to show up. So I think that's a- Of course I have. Appropriate close. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I normally record these at my office, but I needed to work from the house today. So on some life is about adapting to the changes yes. that we're all facing. So as it as it happens, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Be sure to download these episodes, like them, share them, all the different things, and you know how to get a hold of Melody. And that's it. Over and out. Thank you, Amy. Thank you.